Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Silicon Valley Bite Size. I'm Cherry Reynard. With me today are Walter Price and Mike Seidenberg, co-managers on the Alliance Technology Trust. We're going to be chatting through the election, the outlook for technology and opportunities for the next few months. Welcome, Mike and Walter, and congratulations on the trust reaching one billion, an important milestone for you. Great, thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we're very excited about the trust. Now, we've been gripped by the election over here, and it appears we have a new president-elect. Can we talk a little bit about which tech sectors might do well from a Biden administration? Sure, we can can start with that. You know, I I think that Biden's platform was, uh, uh, you know, very uh, focused on stimulating the economy and changing the economy. Um, You know, he made a point of saying, I want to create, uh, I want to go to green energy and I want to create a lot of green energy jobs. Um, I want to uh, uh, focus on rebuilding the infrastructure of the United States. and then he also uh, had a large tax increase on wealth and on uh, high income earners and uh, on corporations to help pay for this uh, uh, this stimulus program and this uh, infrastructure rebuilding program. Now, how much of that uh, actually makes it through the, the Congress, I think, is yet to be decided because uh, there's still a couple elections that will uh, determine the the constitution of uh, the Senate, uh, which is one of the two bodies that has to approve these uh, tax changes, stimulus changes. And right now, uh, it looks like the Republicans have uh, 50 votes. Uh, and so uh, there are 100 votes altogether. And so there are two contested elections in uh, the state of Georgia that will be determined in January uh, that determine uh, the constitution of the Senate. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, the market is somewhat hopeful that um, uh, the Senate seats in Georgia will get split between the Democrats and the Republicans, and that would give the Republicans a slight uh, majority uh, in the Senate and enable them to put some rationality into uh tax increases or wealth taxes or some of the more radical programs that, that Biden has proposed. But, you know, I think that, you know, most of the Congress is a fan of uh, stimulus. Uh, most of the Congress is a fan of, uh, of uh, moving toward uh, green energy as long as you don't uh, destroy jobs in the uh, existing industries in coal and oil. Uh, too fast and that you actually deliver on uh, job growth. Uh, Infrastructure uh, programs have been uh, proposed by both parties, so I think we're going to see progress in that area. So I think uh, the remaining big question is uh, tax increases and uh, how large uh, the stimulus program is going to be. But in general, I think uh, the market is saying it gets the country on a, a better footing and a better Uh, focus. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to add to that? I do. Thanks, Walt. Um, I mean, I think in general, um, what you'll see from the Biden administration is a more middle of the road uh, approach to government. I mean, he is known to be um, the type of person who reaches across the aisle 
and embraces his, um, you know, when as a senator embraces his Republican uh, senator. So, I mean, I think, I think we'll see. I, I don't think we'll see draconian changes. Um, I think, like Walter, I, I think about corporate taxation a lot. Um, but I think that we'll have a decent check and balance. Um, and there's actually been some suggestions that his cabinet may have um, actually Republicans in it, although I don't know if that's if that's TBD. I was just reading an article about that yesterday. But I think at the end of the day, it, it, it probably bodes well for technology overall, primarily just because, you know, and we talk about this a lot, is technology is an enabler for so many things. Um, in industries at this point in our, you know, in our country's history that technology really enables a, a lot of, you know, whether it's green energy, whether it's, um, you know, infrastructure projects, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I think that longer term, I think it probably bodes well for technology, irrespective of who is elected president. And I mean, there was talk before the election of big kind of global tech facing antitrust problems do you th- do you think that's plausible under biden or actually will that would they face those problems anyway yeah i, I think they f- would face those problems anyway the the big tech companies have become very powerful and um you know they're very focused on benefiting their own uh, shareholders uh, as well as their consumers so you know i i think there's a recognition that uh, sometimes uh consumer benefit and company benefit, uh, a steamroller, uh, some innovative companies uh, in a uh, adjacent industry. And so I think there are going to be uh, more taxes, more regulation associated with big tech uh, in the future, regardless of which administration uh, is in control. So I, I think that's a fact of life. It's a fact of life around the world as well. I mean, technology is a sector that, to some extent, relies on international supply chains. And I mean, so could a a more measured approach on international relations, particularly with China, be good for the sector? Well, I think that President Trump had a a unique way of negotiating with people to accomplish uh, his objectives, which was uh, very much with a, a stick. And I think Biden is more of a, uh, a somebody who has conversations. But I, I think that the idea that China's been uh, taking advantage of other countries and taking advantage of the U.S. Uh, that that idea has been exposed and has been, I, I think, accepted by both parties. And so I think the relationships with China will continue to be uh, continue to be. A, difficult ones. Um, the relationships with our allies in Europe and uh, our, our neighbors in Mexico and Canada, I think, will be, will be better as a result of the Biden presidency just because of his, uh, his process. Uh, so I, I think uh, generally you're going to see a better trade environment. And if we could turn to the other pressing um, issue of the day. Um, now, th- there there seems to be better news emerging about the um, pandemic and a, and a potential vaccine. And Mike, the the last time we we smoke, spoke, the um, the pandemic was quite fresh. But can you give me 
an overview sort of several months later of, of the impact on the technology sector and how it's kind of impacted earnings and which areas have done well and badly? Yeah, I know. Last time we spoke, it was in the heart of the pandemic, um, although it's worth noting that they, I think the U.S. had record uh, infections uh, yesterday. Um, here we are a while later. Look, I think the vaccine is obviously a positive uh, for the world, for the people, um, and, and and that's a good thing. Um, I think that, you know, the distribution and um, of actually, you know, giving, you know, actually giving people the shots, we still have a lot to learn um, around that, but it sounds like everything's moving in, in the right direction. Um, you know, technology overall has done quite well during the pandemic, primarily uh, because of some of the things that we've talked about now for a number of years. Um, one is the continued digital transformation of companies with respect to how they interact with their customers and their suppliers, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the second part is the second fact being that a lot of companies had to pull forward um, a fair amount of spending in order to respond quickly um, to their employees, to, you know, to all the things that, you know, to, to their business to, in order to change how they're doing business. So technology, you know, um, and obviously no one wants to gloat during a pandemic by any means. Technology is one of the sectors that, is, that is, has been strong throughout, um, that, throughout the pandemic. Um, and as we sit here today, um, it's a conversation Walter and I have, are spending lots of time thinking about, you know, who are the beneficiaries um, in our portfolio in 21 and 22, um, uh, as, you know, as we return to, you know, hopefully a new normal. And, uh, you know, I don't think any of us know exactly when this new normal uh, occurs, but, you know, it's, it's clear that we are on the path of solving um, the, 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 the COVID problem. But here again, I don't want to jump ahead because, you know, having read a few articles this morning, it's still unclear, um, A, fairly small sample size, and B, you know, no, one's no one really knows anything about the safety or, or how long the vaccine lasts. But let's hope that, you know, let's hope that we, that, 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 that this is the beginning of, of a good thing for kind of, you know, humanity overall. Walter, I mean, presumably in your analysis, you're looking at areas that are um, cyclically stronger. So areas like possibly e-commerce. Do you have a sense of the areas that will be structurally stronger, where they will be able to hold on to the advantage that they've, they've sort of reaped? Well, I think Mike talked about digital transformation. Um... You know, we've been listening to uh, companies that are accelerating their digital transformation. Uh, you know, Friday I was on a conference call with a large uh, Swiss bank, and they said, uh, you know, we've uh, accelerated our digital transformation plans. We, we were already going to uh, transition to uh, the cloud, but this year we've done it twice as fast as we expected to because we had to. Um, you know, that was the only way that we could uh, operate remotely. But uh, the goal of at least 50% in the cloud uh, has just been accelerated. It hasn't been changed. And if anything, the recent uh, results of their experiences with their 
their cloud movement and their cloud flexibility and the cost savings that they're getting has made them even more determined to to maybe move past that 50% near-term goal that they had, and, and they're certainly going to achieve it faster. So I don't see uh, these transitions uh, changing at all. Uh, I think I think changes to work, changes to buying, uh, they've been accelerated, but uh, the path continues to be strong. You may not get the, the double benefit of uh, the movement plus uh, some emergency spending, either by consumers or by companies uh, in 2021. But I'm confident you're going to see uh, another wave of spending by companies that weren't prepared uh, that now say oh, we've got to get on this digital transformation bandwagon. And just on that note, I mean, and I know we've talked about this on previous um, calls with you, previous podcasts with you, sorry. Um, you know, uh, I think it's important to remember it is very difficult to unwind habits once people get used to them. Um, and I noticed that this this week, this uh, Friday night, I happened to be walking my dogs and, you know, around 730. And I was just shocked by, you know, the number of Uber, Uber, DoorDash, et cetera, et cetera, drivers just kind of showing up and dropping off food in the neighborhood. And it just made me think that, yeah, maybe it changes. Sure, people will go back to eating establishments, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that the, the idea that people are going to continue to use their phones to order food uh, and facilitate that probably doesn't go away. I mean, maybe I just think once you once the once you're shown a very convenient way to solve something such as, you know, food in that example i think that tends to stick with people it may not you know you may use it less at the margin but i don't think you stop using it i think that you know the consumer habits once they're changed are very difficult to unchange one thing that's emerged in all the sort of recent excitement over a potential vaccine is is some fears over inflation um walter i'm I'm wondering what impact would a do you think that's a risk, and b what impact would that have on the technology sector? Would it would it prompt a sort of adjustment of your positioning at all? Sure. If we thought uh, inflation was uh, going to be uh, very strong and interest rates were going to uh, surge upward, then uh, we'd have to look at some of the higher valued stocks in our portfolio and think about trimming them. As a result of inflation, uh, clearly those stocks, you know, the, they're benefiting from the fact that inflation's low, unemployment's high, uh, and uh, it looks like interest rates are going to stay low for a while. And therefore, the the future earnings that you're expecting from these companies uh, have been, uh, you know, they're more valuable in a low interest rate environment uh, because you're going to get that growth, you're going to get that free cash flow sooner than you expected so uh you know i don't i don't think that uh destination reverses but the discount rate you may be willing to put on it uh, may uh may come down but at least for the next couple of years i i don't see a lot of inflation you, right now you've got you know you've got a lot of businesses that are out of business you have a lot of unemployment among uh, people that have to uh find new jobs uh, and are existing on government uh, subsidies right now. So uh, for the next couple of years, there's going to be a big transformation that has to happen in the economy. I don't I don't think a lot of these restaurants are coming back. I don't think a lot of the 
um, uh, the entertainment venues are, are coming back. So I think that um, you know, it's going to take a while before uh, we see inflation, uh, probably longer than people think, uh, is, is my guess. I agree 100% with Walt, and I'm always just amazed. And, you know, it makes me sad when I walk down, you know, the high streets um, of the neighborhoods here in San Francisco, and I see the number of stores, you know, that have gone out of business. Now, you know, I, I'm always excited when I see a new one opening up. So I think that this is a natural cycle, um, then that, you know, people, people become unemployed, they decide they want to open uh, a business, you know, that that's the cycle of entrepreneurship in this country, um, similar, probably, you know, uh, similar in the UK. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be a while. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that that cycle takes years to play out. And we've had a catalyst that, 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 that has really driven the cycle. There's been a lot of um, IPO and merger activity recently, both sort of negative with the with the pulling of the anti-IPO, um, but also lots of sort of deals in in the offing. I I wonder if you could talk about your reading of the M and A market at the moment. Has has it been disrupted by the pandemic? Is it focused on certain areas? You know, where where are you seeing the interest? Um, Mike, I'll put that to you first. Sure. I mean, I, so clearly with interest rates as low as they are, it's very easy for companies to go out and raise capital, um, which kind of bulks up their balance sheet, which allows them to look at, you know, M&A opportunities. Um, you know, I think for the most part, um, you know, companies that are in secular spaces have continued to look, you know, to do acquisitions. We saw a holding of ours uh, by a really interesting company um, a couple of weeks ago, that made a lot of sense. It's you know, it's 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 a secular company, so with COVID, COVID or not, you know, their business is going to remain kind of heading in the right direction. Um, you know, conversely, I think that you know, for the more legacy companies, we really haven't seen any kind of you know transformational type of M and A yet at this point, uh, and maybe we will as people get more visibility into what the outlook looks like with with you know hopefully the return to work in a hybrid scenario um uh so maybe we'll see it pick up look on the ipo side of the equation you know walter and i've been very consistent um you know each cycle it feels like the public market investors get less and less of the upside given the way the, a lot of these deals are priced uh, for scarcity of supply and demand. So, you know, we do and will continue to step judiciously for our investors with respect to buying companies that go public. And, you know, we, you know, Walt and I often, you know, talk to, when we talk to one another, if it, you know, we, we have a price in our mind and if it gets there, you know, we'll execute on making those newly public companies part of our portfolio. And if it doesn't, we basically have the view unless things change, um, you know, maybe maybe we maybe we never own the, the company just because we couldn't get them the risk reward to work. Um, but it really boils down to risk reward for our investors with respect to IPOs. Okay, um, I wonder if we could turn more directly to the to the portfolio now. Um, and Walter, perhaps if you could talk about some of the the kind of new areas or the most exciting opportunities you're seeing at the moment. 
you know, we've had this uh, kind of barbell uh, concept in the portfolio with high growth, high value companies on the one hand and uh, value companies that are doing transformations uh, to themselves on the other hand, uh, primarily semiconductors and some of the companies that are providing uh, products into uh, factories of the future or uh, manufacturing in the future. And I, I think the, uh, the area that I'm uh, continuing to be very enthusiastic about is uh, this idea of 5G for, uh, for companies uh, as opposed to individuals. I mean, I, I think there's some benefits of 5G for uh, individuals, uh, but the major benefit, uh, the major new market is uh, using 5G for connectivity for uh, industrial companies to move to uh, a digital twin infrastructure uh, a more modern factory that's controlled with uh, using uh, the, the teachings or the learnings from their best operators. And uh, I think you're going to basically uh, rewire uh, the enterprise. Um, you know, that's already underway in the, uh, with this transition to cloud computing uh, among enterprises, this transition to software as a service among enterprises. But now, uh, the production side is going to get uh, redone and rethought. And I think that's exciting. Uh, we've got several nascent companies in our portfolio that deal with, you know, robotics and vision and uh, new ways of doing logistics. And I, I think that uh, those companies now look like they have a good, uh, good period of high growth ahead of them. And, um, and Mike, if you could talk about some of the the changes you've been making to the portfolio over the past um, three or four months, I mean, I, I know you don't sort of um, trade that regularly, but you know any changes in the nuance? Sure, you know, uh, I think at the at the margin, um, I mean, we alluded earlier to the fact that you know big tech probably remains something that you know. That, that people keep a watchful eye on. Um, I would say within that realm, you know, we've made some adjustments within those names as it's clear that some of them are doing better than others. Um, uh, so th that's something that we've done um, around um, around the software space. You know, we continue, uh, you know, we continue to kind of, you know, look, look at, look at the kind of next generation names and figure out, uh, within those, um, what are the names that we feel really confident in? Um, so some minor minor trims um, there, but I, you know, overall, Walt uh, chime in. But I, we haven't made major, you know, changes to the portfolio. Um, you know, we've had a lot of the names in there for a number of years, um, uh, and you know, they've continued to kind of execute. Walt, anything to add? Well, I think one area that's been very strong. Uh, during this period of time is the the uh, digital advertising area and i think you're seeing the uh, the variety of companies and the dynamics of those companies uh, continuing to evolve this uh, you know they not only are attracting users but they're figuring out how to convert those users into transactions and uh, 
and uh, make them into uh, continuing customers and improve the efficiency for their advertisers. So, you know, there, there's a whole second wave of companies, I think, associated with digital advertising. And, and this is the year, I think, that the digital advertising took another leg up, whether it's because of e-commerce or it's because of the, the site improvements uh, of companies uh, finally getting the brand safety uh, concepts uh, behind them in terms of their uh, their advertisements and the placement of products. So, you know, this pivot that we've seen by a lot of companies to e-commerce and to uh, digital advertising to find new consumers for their products. I, I don't think that's going away, and it's. Uh, I think it's uh, vaulted many of these companies into uh, a new uh, category uh, that's important for uh, finding customers, uh, renewing your customer relationships, and uh, continuing to grow. Great. Okay. And and just finally to both of you, do you have a sense of um, or any predictions for 2021, either, you know, on the macroeconomic side or, you know, any exciting areas of technology that we should be looking out for? Well, I, I think one, one thing that I heard uh, last week that surprised me was uh, this comment by one of the consulting companies that... Uh, he thought that the pipeline for digital transformation and for uh, cloud computing had actually grown during this pandemic. It had grown dramatically, but uh, that companies hadn't been able to pull or weren't willing to pull the trigger on the spending yet. And so I think you have, uh, if you have a surprise, it will be that how strong spending is on uh, some of these uh, technology categories uh, in 2021, because, you know, frankly, uh, you know, it's been difficult uh, for a lot of companies to spend more money in, in uh, 2020, even though, uh, you know, their business is, uh, is doing okay. I think they they were very scared about the future, and so they were sitting on some of these initiatives in terms of actually paying for them. And, uh, now, I think uh, with the way clear uh, to their business recovering and, and being and stabilizing, they're going to pull the initiatives uh, out of the pipeline and put them into the budget. And I think that could be very exciting for a lot of these tech companies. So I think the surprise will be uh, the comparisons in 2021 may be better than people initially think uh, with the recovery. Yeah, I was on the same same call unbeknownst to all um uh and may, i i definitely found it head scratching uh in a positive way to think that you know we the, you know the, and it was from a large system in, integrator that they he just saw um just really robust opportunities um in 2021 around you know big projects which uh you know i wasn't expecting to hear that so um you know that that bodes well for a lot of the kind of what I call, you know, infrastructure, software names um, uh, in, you know, potentially. Great. Okay. Thank you, Walter and Mike, for those insights today and to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, you can find out more about the trust at www.alliancetechnologytrust.com. And please do look out for future episodes. <laughs>